0: Hello, it's Kiss. You're listening to Ergo here on WHPK ergoradio.com. What we do here every Thursday at noon is we showcase the folks reshaping the culture of our city and country for the more equitable and the more creative live long-form interviews with artists, organizers, change makers, folks just making cool stuff that is pushing us forward. We have a very special guest here. Dame is out of town. As we talked about last week, Right about now, I think Damon's on a ship between the Cayman Islands and Barbados. So if you happen to be between the Cayman Islands and Barbados, give him a wave. Uh, you know, Play the live stream a little bit louder. Show him the podcast app and he'll give you a free all-white outfit. Um, that's that's what we can promise here <laughs> at Air Go Radio. Um, so it's just me today, Kiss, with a very special guest uh, that we'll get to in a second. But first, some community announcements. Tomorrow night, uh, or actually tomorrow during the day, first and foremost, It's the 27th at the Humboldt Park Beach is The Chills. It's a beach party put together by the good folks over at Yolo Cali. Shout out to Ergo and Vanessa Sanchez, who's the director over there. Uh, It's going to be a showcase of some of their art. It's also just going to be a great party uh, from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Humboldt Park Beach, 1400 North Sacramento. Also, Friday night is the next edition of the People Say Open Mic over at Trap House Chicago. Shout out to Mishan Ali and all the good folks over there. The feature this month is Apollo Mighty. It's one of my favorite uh, open mics in the city. And just a great spot to check out. A clothing store and community space on 75th and Ashland. On Saturday during the day, and we've been plugging this for a few weeks now. It's a very, very exciting thing that I've been working on it feels like a lifetime on is the third annual Chicago poetry block party every year. The poetry foundation in conjunction with crescendo literary that's ergo alums, Nate Marshall and Eve Ewing put together an incubator for poets who engage with community from across the country. And then we throw a big ass block party on the Saturday in a different part of the city every year. This year we're at Austin town hall from 3 PM to 8 PM. We have a house band with musical direction by a Kenya, Three headliners are Brandon Markell-Holmes, Tasha and Avery R. Young, Joseph Chilliams, the man, the myth, the legend himself is our host. Uh, There's going to be a bouncy house and it's a four-in-one. Last year we had a three-in-one bouncy house. This year we added a fourth component. I have no idea what that component is, but I just know that it's four parts in one. So if you want to know what that is, you got to come through.
1: No Uh, games played with this bouncy house.
0: Not a single game. Uh, so food trucks, kids' activities, writing workshops, open mic, and then a great performance come through Austin Town Hall, 5610 West Lake Street on Saturday. And then to go back to tomorrow night, the next edition of All Smiles at the Tonic Room, that's Rich Jones's monthly show. Uh, always a good time. Go through, support that. Um, and then jumping back to today, and this brings us to our guest, Um there is a very special backyard release party for the Needs EP which I mentioned last week which is put up by uh this week's guest the one the only person I love most in the world <laughs> and my best friend and my brother mm. uh little bear. So let's uh usually we we have a kind of separate intro and Damon handles that and we make some animal noises but I think since we're a little more low key today, and it's just the two of us, let's just do some very subtle animal noises. We'll just do a like caw-caw,
1: caw-caw. Oh, That's very subtle. It's
0: a subtle crow. I'm
1: gonna do a, I'm gonna do a moo.
0: A moo? Show yeah. it off. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a, a subtle and determined moo, though. You, yes. That's a cow that knows what it's doing. It knows what it wants. All right. Before we go too far off the rails, um, what um, we're gonna do here? We're talking with, as I mentioned, my brother, uh, who just put out a project under the name Little Bear. The project is called Needs. Uh, we're here all week doing press and promo and they're performing at the Chicago Poetry Block Party as well on mm-hmm. Saturday as part of the house band on trombone. Uh, and we're doing a listening party, like I said, today in Logan Square. We'll get into all the like radio, radio promo. But first off, the way we start every show
1: yes.
0: in this time, in this moment, in this season, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world?
1: Yeah, uh, so the the world has been blessing me. I really, in this moment, whew, I just feel overwhelmed by the blessings. I mean, coming here for this week has been affirming, incredibly affirming as to why I do this and inspiring in terms of seeing other performers, seeing friends of mine just show me love. The world has been treating me very well. I'm happy to be in this room right now speaking these words into this microphone. Um, The way I've treated the world... I don't know. I've given a lot the past couple of weeks to the Mm. world and I'm taking a little bit right now and Mm. it's a balance. So I think, um, I put, I put something in the world and that's a big thing. And, uh, it took me a little while to be comfortable with that. And so now I'm not just comfortable with that. I'm, I'm ready and I'm making movements with that, which feels really Mm. beautiful. So
0: have you listened to the EP fully since you put it out?
1: Yeah, the first time I listened to the EP was, um, like, in full on Spotify. Was the It was, like, 3 in the morning. It had come out, like, we had scheduled it for midnight. It came out at midnight, and I met a man on the one train in New York because <laughs> um, he was, like, really drunk. Smoking. Tell us
0: about this, man. Let's get specific. Yeah.
1: yeah. Paint I a picture
0: with your words, Aaron.
1: I can't really – I don't want to um, – violate so I'm gonna just be uh diplomatic about this. But this man was <laughs> it was was very Did you sign
0: a like non-disclosure
1: agreement non- with them? I mean, yeah, unofficially of basically it, this was a very intense conversation. Basically this man was on the train. We were around I mean, I'm in Chicago right now, so I don't know how much this will mean, but we're around Dykeman Street on the one train. It's a, um, two in the morning, two thirty in the morning. Um I'm coming home from a friend's house. He's on here singing most of scorpion by drake very loudly and also just saying some wild shit to to women on the train which i could not condone and i called them out on it um but then we started having a conversation after i called him out on it and i'm like okay you want to have a conversation let's let's talk about this and then we ended up he turns out he lives right across the highway from me so we ended up like taking the bus home and then i rolled a joint on the bus which was an interesting experience and then we sat in this dugout at like three in the morning um and he was like, oh, you just put it out. I'm like, yeah, I guess it's out right now. And so the first time I listened to it was in this baseball dugout in a park by my house at three in the morning with this man. This man, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with him. He told me he believes he is Krishna incarnate. Um, he's Indian, for the record. It would be a very <laughs> different thing if he was a white man. Um, <laughs> he, It's still a wild claim. Still, I mean, I believe it. Um, I think that's also a complicated thing to be. But we then had a conversation. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't just brush past that. I think. It, I mean, I don't know. Being Christian incarnate wouldn't necessarily just be a positive thing.
0: That's not what I want to stick <laughs> on. I want to stick on the fact that you said you believe him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't told you fully about this conversation. This conversation ended in us. well he said some really wild shit and I stuff, and I was kind of kind of clocking him on some of it, but then entertaining some of it because i thought it was interesting he's talking wild stuff but then we uh ended up listening through the project he told me um he was like you are going to be very famous i was like okay i guess i don't know if that's really what i want but we, we can talk mm-hmm. about that um well you've done it you've reached the pinnacle of your fame. Yeah, on it. my yeah. yeah this is this is how you know you've made it mm-hmm. sitting in the the whpk studios yeah
0: where the equipment hasn't been changed since radio was invented that's our right. tagline <laughs> is the
1: tagline it's a ta- pride of the south side where the equipment has not been changed
0: so why do you believe this that this man is Christian and then we're mean, going to, we'll go we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go somewhere else we got a else, whole lot curious. more to
1: talk about we 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 chanted om together I had never done that before we did that at 3.30 in the morning in this dugout we I ended up blowing a conch shell Um, at one point we had just it was just things were circling back he reminded me of all my connections to all these things that how I just conceptualized the universe that turned out to be like fundamentals of hinduism i'm like all right that's cool I, I, yeah listen i never expected that i've never really felt any connection to hinduism but that's um that's kind of cool um i don't know i didn't really expect to get into all this right now no, but no it's fun yeah it was it was wild um
0: and i think we can zoom out from this to you know when we say in this time in this moment mm-hmm. part of why i'm excited to have you one just in the city right now, but especially on the air is, and this is true for a lot of the people we talk to is we're talking to them at a particular time yeah. and it's been really fun and intriguing to watch you and your life opening up in mm. the last, I don't know, a couple months um, and, and and just seeing you making sense of the world in different ways and walking yeah. through the world in different ways. So I'm curious, what's a piece of, whether it's you or your creativity or how you relate to, but let's stay specifically with the music first and then we'll branch out from there. Yeah. Something that you know now or believe now about your relationship to making music that you didn't know six months ago.
1: Mm. Hmm. Um. Well, first off, I think I value myself more and I'm learning to value myself more um, and to know that my voice is worth being heard. And also I'm just proud of the things that I make. Um, It's a very different thing to be sitting on a project and putting a lot of time mixing it with one or two close people than have it in the world and be showing it to people. It's much more vulnerable to be showing it to people. Mm -hmm. But what's something that I know about my music now? Um,
0: Or the process of making. It doesn't have to be about the songs.
1: Yeah. Um, I know I'm ready to, to push myself more and to expand into things that make me more uncomfortable. Um, I think I've, I think I have a lot of different musical influences, um, but I do feel trapped inside of the, the ideas that I'm stuck in. And so I'm ready now to kind of step back from this, um, maybe after this week, after I play this show, I'm playing a show when I get back to New York, um, that I'm headlining. It's kind of a release concert, which if you're in New York, the yes.
0: 31st at Transpicos in yeah,
1: Ridgewood,
0: $7, three great performers, incredible
1: performers. It's me. And my friend Cleo Reed and my friend Andine, who are both brilliant artists,
0: and you can find all the info that'll be on our Instagram at Ergo mm-hmm. Radio and also at Little Bear Sounds. Like
1: that's my Instagram as well. Um, so
0: after this comes out, you're saying maybe take a take
1: step... a step back and just work. You know, I'm I'm learning to see myself as an artist, not just as a musician, and trust my creativity and trust my um, trust the universe also that just like things will work, (laughs) Mm -hmm. things will work. Even if they don't, things will be growth points. I mean, I've had, a, have gained a lot of perspective in the past year. So I've just gone through a lot of crazy stuff. Um, Whether it's like, experiencing death around me, or I was living in Nicaragua for four months. And that that was a really wild experience too, in terms of just perspective it provided me with. Um, And then coming back to New York and and be so focused on this project it's been um kind of a wild ride the past year so
0: so let's let's rewind i said six months let's go back i I like making people do this kind of thing Mm -hmm. and i think you know i we see each other in these like very focused intensive pockets whether you're here Mm -hmm. i'm in uh, new york back visiting when you're home on break um but not just what's something that you know now that you didn't know a year ago yeah but what when you look at who you were a year ago, mm. what was something that you were struggling with that you feel like you have new perspective on now?
1: Mm. Um, I mean, I know I'm beautiful now. <laughs> um, and I'm not, I'm learning not to be afraid of myself <laughs> Um. and not, not to be afraid of, not to not to apologize for being capable of things hmm. um and learning that it's never a bad thing to be good at things um, obviously, the way that you balance that in 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 being good at things are you making it impossible for other people to be good at things that's that's never the goal i mean for me um it's all about you know enabling other people to thrive as well um mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's a big part of it. Is yeah. I just feel much more connected to myself and much more like I don't know, um, able to kind of create a vision of myself and and move towards that and live more intentionally rather than just like floating with it. Um, and reacting. Yeah, exactly. It like throws at you, yeah. I also learned this is I learned this from um from our grandma last summer. But and I think I talked with you about this, but just learning to move with the world instead of against it. So um, I don't know. I was on the I was at the beach with her last summer um, and um, Daniel knows this, but just she's amazing. She's 83 years old and she'll swim a mile and a half. Yeah. Shout out Graham. Shout out Eve. Um, She'll (laughs) swim a mile and a half in the ocean, which is damn near impossible for anybody. Um, But she's 83. And so last summer I was there with her and she was just swimming and i was trying to swim with her and i couldn't keep up (laughs) because i kept trying to go really fast and then exhausting myself and she was like no you just gotta breathe move slowly and like i don't even think she said any of this verbally but she said it to me um just breathe and move move with the waves and just trust that they'll carry you because if you're trying to fight them then they'll crash on top of you (laughs) but if you're just like Breathing and moving at the pace where you don't expend your energy, you were just moving with the world, it'll just come under you and lift you up and carry you. Yeah. So that's that was a big that was like, oh, okay. It's the difference a between
0: living intentionally and living in a way where you're controlling everything. Right. Right? Because you can have the intention to breathe and to move with it, but uh that's very different from the intention of having everything figured out or knowing exactly when the wave is gonna right. hit so you can angle it right and do it, you know. Yeah,
1: because you don't know that, you can't predict that. yeah. And that's not about that. it's not about it's not about controlling the world. It's not about being in control of it. I mean, I'm also learning again. I think I worked very hard to distance myself from being in control because control has always been very tied to anxiety for me and for our mm-hmm. family, and so I was like, all right, forget i'm I'm done with control then because I'm done with anxiety, that's not how it works, yeah, um. But so, I understand that impulse yeah. to like
0: throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah, of exactly. Like,
1: I don't want to feel the feeling of losing
0: control, so I'm just not going to care about whether I have control at all.
1: Right, but I always am. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, let's let as you know, anxious gang up here. Mm-hmm. If Damon Dang was gang. here, he would uh, he would chime in as well. True. It's one of the one of the things that's enabled us to do a show for three years. Is mm-hmm. anxiety? We have we Set both have anxiety, anxiety and understand it, but it presents in really different ways. Mm. So my anxiety means that I run around like my chicken with my head cut off before an event his anxiety means that he sometimes doesn't leave the house right so we get why the other person is doing what they do but the things Mm -hmm. that we do when we're anxious actually balance each other well right um so for you in this like knowing yourself better Mm -hmm. where are you at with your relationship to feeling anxious and being anxious
1: yeah. Um, I know it's an enormous no, question. No, it is. And it's an enormous question to, to ask me in front of a microphone, but that's why I'm here. Um, yeah. I think I am experiencing anxiety, actually, in a way that I never have before. That mm-hmm. affects me physically. Like, mm-hmm. appetite um, just, like, it affects my gut in a way that it never has before. Um, what do you mean? Me, it makes like, you want to eat more? It makes, no, it makes me not have an appetite. and makes me nauseous. It makes me, like, not... Makes me need to like f- basically force myself to eat because I know I need sustenance, and I'm someone who listen. I ate chicken and waffles at one in the morning last night, and I, you know, like I love, I love yeah. eating. You're a you're
0: uh, you're a known eater.
1: Definitely am, definitely am. Um But uh, ask around, <laughs> <laughs> y'all know me. Yeah, um, but I. I think for me it's not it's not just that I'm running around or I'm not leaving the house. I mean, it's rare that I'm just like not leaving the house. It's what it is is that when I'm running around, I feel like I should be at home in bed and when I'm in bed, I feel like I should be running around. And mm-hmm. so, it's this um this lack of just being content with where I'm at that is toxic as hell because it manifests in all my relationships, it manifests in my own connection to my to my artistry and to my understanding of myself as a thinker and as a creative person um it just it's i don't know it's this never being never being content is is toxic because you its not the same as like challenging uh, yourself right. being ambitious you're right driven, and yeah. you can be content with where you're at and push yourself for growth hmm. which is where you need to be but i mean yeah. i think i in turn i used to see this as a good thing because like for example practicing trombone yeah um you're never, if you're never content with where you're at, you're going to keep pushing yourself. But that only works if you're practicing all the time. And it also, then you just feel like crap about yourself all the time. Yeah. So it's like, and then I, I remember I was in a relationship and and my partner was like, you're, I, you're never satisfied with this. And I was like, Oh, this is not trombone. Right. <laughs> also like, why am I like this with myself? Um. So I've been trying to just like, get rid of, um, not get rid of, but work through that. Um, and that's something that actually, like I went to a meditation at this, at this Buddhist temple in Kingsbridge, right by our house in the Bronx. (laughs) Um, they do free meditations every Tuesday night at the temple of enlightenment on Albany Crescent. And, uh,
0: that's a very specific and surprising plug. Yeah.
1: You should should hit (laughs) it up. This is great. Um, it's really intense. Is
0: like, this a product placement that I didn't know about?
1: Yo, if I if I could get a sponsorship from Temple of Enlightenment, I don't really think they do that <laughs> because worse. it's all about non-materialism. But you know, oh, that's um, really funny. But yeah, they but got
0: I, great free merch though. They the did.
1: <laughs> nah, they gave me um, they gave me a whole bunch of greens last time I went. They gave me a whole bunch of of, of kale. That was nice. I was like, oh, okay, this That's is funny. very interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I trust this, but we'll see. Um, I sauteed it. it was yummy. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh,
0: I don't remember even how
1: we got there. I do, I do, I do, I do. Uh, it was talking about this, uh, and I'm not like a consistently practicing Buddhist, um, but I do meditate and I do work different things into my, just my practice of understanding the universe. Um and and the thing that they happened to be talking about and i hadn't gone in months the thing they happened to be talking about was this idea of like well this this idea of metta of like um may all sentient beings be happy may all sentient beings be healthy may all sentient beings be safe and may all sentient beings be free of suffering this was the week that um that the like all of the um families have been separated and mm. then it was like the day after overnight like 450 kids have been flown into new york to be put into oh like to put put into foster centers and shelters and stuff so i like the free the safe and the free of suffering thing i was like yeah. damn. but then we started talking about what suffering was and this is mostly a, a silent meditation but the last like 15 minutes is like a kind of like a q a um, which is funny. It's like a talk back. So, what did you hear that you the, have any questions the, about? Okay, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you can't have a talk back without a talk. Yeah. I just, I went to this, I went to this show, um, a couple of weeks ago with my grandma at this theater. She likes, she likes a the theater. Um, she does love She the theater. loves a the theater. And, uh, I, uh, <laughs> just the talk back there was, was, uh, was vicious. It was just like, oh, it was man. just like, it was all of these like 60 to 80 year old Jews. Just like, just like asking questions that had absolutely nothing to do with the show. And just the men just like not raising their hands and just being like, I can't hear you. <laughs> just, it was wild. The
0: two worst kinds of conversations that exist in the world yeah. are a bad hip hop interview <clears throat> and a bad talk, back. talk back, bad, yeah, exactly. like white theater talk back. Yeah, Those was... two are on the the mount rushmore of horrible conversations <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like just rough. get me out of those rooms. and unfortunately both of those are connected to good things right so you can't just be like well i'll avoid all hip-hop right. interviews and all plays and conversations right. afterwards um but you no, just gotta tough f- it through that's why yeah. you gotta cut the check and hire us to lead both of those conversations
1: there we go that's a good plug um, um so yeah so
0: so but- yeah in the anxiety, exact- but i hear what you're saying and It was actually like, you know, I really try not to be like when I was your age Mm -hmm. because we're different people. But it was right around that point that you're at right now when I started really making things at school that were, you know, concerts, doing production, doing radio. And I had a breakdown and I remember talking to Mm -hmm. mom about this, about like, I was worried and it sounds silly when you say it out loud, but it was so, I believed it so deeply Mm -hmm. that the thing that made me good at what I was making Mm -hmm. was the same thing that made me feel bad
1: what is that thing the
0: anxiety of like the thing that mm. makes me good at producing events and being on top of things is mm. the anxiety that makes me check the things and so i was mm. worried that if i stopped letting myself be dominated by that feeling mm. that then i wouldn't be able to make and obviously that's not true right yeah. that's not i'm better at making things now than i was then and i have am right. less driven by it. but if- It makes so much sense because you're learning yourself at the same time that you're learning your craft. Right, exactly. So those two things get interwoven and then you have to do the work to kind of untangle them kind of like your curls. Which, by the way, for those listening at home, uh, Aaron's curl game has really stepped up in the last six months. And I'm just happy to, you know, it's like... um, I'm just happy to walk in his footsteps. Like one oh of those really God. corny uh, Jesus photos yeah, exactly. where it's like two two sets yeah, of footprints. I'm just happy
1: to be your pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To that's be your shepherd. Do. Yeah.
0: You are my shepherd. Yeah,
1: um, You cross shepherd.
0: But I think that that for me was a really, like once I was able to say that out loud, mm. then I was able to see the fallacy of right. it. But I was so wrapped up in the feeling of like, I don't know how to create in a different way and trust myself that I can still make these things without it being tied to this really crappy feeling Mm. um, that I had to just like expose it to move through it. Yeah. So for you, are there any things putting this project out, which I know and and full disclosure, Mm. like I've been doing some work with, with Aaron on getting it out and promotion and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. Um, Were there any of those things that now when you think it, they sound silly, but uh you were very concerned about or focused on or wrapped up in beforehand?
1: Oh yeah. I mean a lot of it. Like um, what? Isolation. Um I I this project, Little Bear, started coming out of me being in a band and then realizing that I can make music by myself and not have to. um compromise on things and be able to follow my own artistic vision. So that's a beautiful thing to realize, mm-hmm. but it also meant that I was afraid to work with other pe- people on this music because I didn't want to have to then incorporate that. And then it meant that I wasn't pushing myself um because when you work with other people, you you, you develop completely different ideas than when yourself, you just fall back into hold on yeah, back into patterns. Mm-hmm. So, um I don't know, I think that I think actually I did an interview with these days yesterday. Which will be up soon, and uh, they were asking me Ben from these days was asking me um how isolation plays a role in this project, which I thought was really interesting and I hadn't really thought about um because I made all of I made most of these songs by myself in my room um and then worked with other people, brought features in brought other instrumentalists on, and then worked with an engineer his name's Nikki young he's an amazing engineer, a dear friend of mine. all the people I worked with are very close friends of mine um and then now have reached out to musicians and have an um, eight-piece band, but it's all pieces that, you know, parts that I arranged, parts that I wrote. And so I think um, these songs were also a means of me processing a lot of, I don't know if depression is the word, but just a lot of isolation and a lot of mm-hmm. pain around that, um, especially being in Oberlin, which is where I go to school. Um, I mean, I find That's not a cheery place for you. Definitely not a cheery place for me. And I definitely was not in a cheery place for a lot of this music, even though it, I think it contains a lot of joy in it um, for some of these songs. Uh, and I mean, I was moving around a lot. I, I realized like on the first album that I made, uh, which is called open season, I realized like, when you record in a room, you're capturing so much more than just your voice into the microphone. You're capturing the ways that it bounces off of the all each corner in the room. And so you're capturing the physical space that you're in when you record that. So every song on this project has all of the rooms that I was in when hmm. I was making these things. It's so like a map. It really it is. It's a map. Um, and of the emotions and the the um, emotional places that I was in as well beyond just the physical ones. So um, yeah, I think isolation, I think enabling that isolation, enabling like like I was saying that anxiety around wanting to be with friends and then when I'm with friends, wanting to be alone, working with myself. And then when I'm alone, feeling lonely and wanting to be with friends and that that feedback loop of just like yeah. never being satisfied with that is something I confronted a couple of months ago. Um, and I think it's ultimately just about like how I value time, and about <laughs> like not feeling like um, constantly asking myself, "Is this worth it?" <laughs> as and opposed to just doing the thing, as opposed to just living in the reality that I'm in in that moment and just yeah. making the best of it. And it means that I'm not present because I'm constantly thinking about how much what I could be doing to make it better. Yeah, which means that I'm not actually fully living in that moment. And that's what would make it better. That's right. the irony. The of it only all. thing that would make me thrive more in that moment as if i was just mindfully present in that moment yeah um and it's interesting the thing you said about like it was your way of working through some mm. of those
0: feelings even though it when you listen it sounds so joyous but yeah. i think what it sounds is determined mm. it's like determined to not be minor to not be negative to not be, it's like it's not a I and mean, in some of it's minor. i don't mean yeah. key what but i mean like in tone mm. uh And when I think, you know, I've heard all the different versions of this, or many of the different versions along the way, and all the things that were added at the end. um, For instance, if you were listening up top, we played uh, private parts of the the vocals on the last piece of that, or everything that was added at the end is the like. But I'm okay. I'm Mm. wonderful. I'm happy. (sighs) Yeah. I'm or not even. I'm happy. I'm beautiful. I like. And it, it doesn't sound like a like. And now it's. I'm done. But you can hear that this was done when you got to the point where you could say that into a microphone, "You're beautiful," and you couldn't have put those vocals
1: down before, or at least you could have, but you didn't. Nah, I couldn't have. You're right, though. I didn't write them until a week before I was done mixing the album. Right. That's really that's an amazing point. Um, I guess that is a a cool way to know that I'm done with the piece is (laughs) when I can say, "And I'm beautiful," not but. It's not, but I'm beautiful. It's and I'm beautiful. It's all this is true and I'm beautiful. When you can say the thing that you were like afraid to say in the other lyrics. Um, That being said, I was reading, I was looking back on it on my notebook and reading a lot of the things I was processing maybe in like February, March. And like all of them, I'm talking about hard shit. And then the last two lines, I'm like, "Uh, but I'll go outside and I'll see the sun and I'll be fine. And it's like, I don't know how to let myself live in the fact that oh no this is just a hard moment yeah um and not try to wrap it up with a little bow on top to try to make it feel better for myself and try to make it i don't know but it's also in private parts i'm not saying i'm beautiful i'm saying you're beautiful
0: yeah but it's uh, but it's a i mean yes and to me, it seems, and this is just my no, i say it. it seems like a like a the assertion and affirmation of that is you're saying it to yourself by saying it Absolutely. to somebody else. Absolutely. Um. And another another example, and I, I think I want to play another mm-hmm. song. Um. And it'll be the last song on the EP, which is the title track, "Needs." Um. Which isn't "You're beautiful," but it's the permission. It's not saying everything's gonna be okay, but it's giving you permission to not be okay. The, exactly. Like, the the central line that always gets me is it's okay to be sad sometimes yeah um so why don't we go ahead and play needs we'll be right back this is little bear here on ergo ergoradio.com whpk
2: my needs, to sleep, to breathe, to eat, to be, to see my dreams, to hold my hand while we cross the street, to sell my brand on the silver screen, to scream my name from the precipice, to greet your presence with reverence, to meet my friends for the rest of this, to cross this box while right off of my list. Need, need, need trees, need seeds, need sleep, need caffeine, need screens, need weed, need every little thing that I see on TV. Watch space, won't wait, wanna remember what I feel when I look at your face. this weak, kiss cheek, miss me, still weak, I feel with It's okay to feel sad sometimes, it's okay to feel fat sometimes, it's okay to write some bad rhymes and draw doodles a shame to be on the scene It's the same to speak honestly. What's my name? Do we want to be? But another thing to take. I fake the feeling sometimes. Can't shake the feeling sometimes. Sometimes I break the away. Just one spray of grey Sometimes they play Like a bouncy castle I almost castle. forgot How deep this stream runs I'm the wild card The goofy The key hunting through closets, the jackets that fit me. I almost forgot how fresh the prince was. I'm the theme song singer.
0: Little Bear's Needs here on ergoradio.com, WHPK885. This is Kiss. We're talking with the artist themselves, Little Bear, also True. known as my brother,
1: Aaron Kisslinger.
0: And, uh,. One, just to take a quick time out, this is real fun.
1: Yeah, I'm having a great time. And
0: you're getting to see interviewer me. This is the third. We're not going to talk about the specifics of yeah. all of them. This is the third time we've tried to make a podcast together. Oh, my
1: God. We won't get
0: into that much. The first time we were, the plan was, this was maybe five, six years ago. We're going <laughs> to listen to a complete album and just talk over it, which yeah, from an audio standpoint is not a great idea. idea. So second one was called Person, Place, or Thing, yeah. which was, was just a cute idea. It was just...
1: a real cute idea that no one would want to yeah. listen to. Also, I just didn't know how to do it. We also like had to do half of it in the sunshine in a room. <laughs> it was so warm. Was, we were just sweating. It was really hot. <laughs> there you was can, a vacuum going on in the background. You can tell who fun. I love most by who I've
0: been determined to make a podcast with. True. Uh, that does, I don't think that logic checks out. I've never tried to make one with mom or dad, and I love them much.
1: Yeah, but but I made one with Gram- exactly. Yeah.
0: So we. You mentioned before that you spent the last uh, that you had spent some time in Nicaragua. Yeah. Um. Kind of before you came back and jumped fully into. Yeah. ep promotion and run around mode uh obviously there was a lot of experiences that happened in those four months that i've heard stories and stories and stories of um so i'm wondering like now maybe a month or so after you got back uh are there any moments or experiences from that trip that you didn't realize how impactful they were going to be but they've kept kind of coming back up for you or just really goofy ass shit that you saw uh
1: I don't know, man. That's I need a more specific prompt than that because I just have so many. Um, All right, so
0: let's start with the easy one. Why don't yeah. you tell the story of uh of the fire
1: dance? Oh no, nah, that's Please the hardest. Don't. That's the hardest one. Oh my Please, god, this oh, is this okay.
0: needs to happen. The people need to know this. Okay, I don't Folks, know. I feel yeah.
1: okay. Oh god, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> I Need a second to prepare myself. All right, so um, so just to give a little backstory, I was there full disclosure on a study abroad program. <laughs> you were fully disclosing. I just wanted to fully disclose that. Like, it wasn't like I just moved there. I was there on a study abroad program, um, which there's not, I mean, it was an amazing opportunity. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best friends do study abroad. I just, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but it was it was really interesting. I was there with a group of 18 other students from the States who were all from different places um, and go to different universities. And so we were all... We were living in the capital of Managua, and then we went to different places, and then the last um, three weeks, we each had an independent study project that got cut off early because um, there was this political insurrection that's still going on. It's been really horrible. Yeah, for Um, those who
0: don't know, let's briefly just describe what's been happening for the last five weeks or so in Nicaragua.
1: Starting April 18th, um, there was a series of protests against the government. It started because um ortega who's um the kind of dubbed himself the president for life uh, but is basically a dictator he changed the constitution to make it he could just be there indefinitely and then his wife became the um the vice president um so he basically which just doesn't a,
0: seem like a good idea in any nah, context I, just, I couldn't for the imagine. people but also just for a he marriage, also like he also he also
1: like, he, also, like oh, he def he also sexually assaulted his wife's daughter for 20 years and then when she raised that and tried to charge him with it she was exiled from the country and he took power again later. So, so it's some wild. Gotta
0: be shit. honest. Sounds like a great guy. Great guy. <laughs> yeah, Real just a stand gem. Up.
1: A mensch. A mensch, yes, definitely a mensch. So what was happening? Okay. Anyway, so yeah. So there was this there was this forest fire on indigenous territory that is um unclear how it started. Basic and it's territory that they had been wanting to this is called Indio Maíz. It's a um it's a reserve, um, nature reserve. And uh they had been wanting to kind of clear out this land anyway because they're trying to build a canal through there so instead of taking aid from the costa rican government to put this fire out ortega um basically just said no costa rica was like we have helicopters we have gallons and gallons of water we got you right here right now and he was like no so then there were all these protests around that um and then a bunch of people just showed like counter protesters showed up and and beat up a bunch of protesters (laughs) <laughs> or just like that was that and then like a week later he cut uh, or a couple days later he like cut social security made all these reforms to social security that made it way less equitable and put basically was trying to cover his ass because he had corrupted social security all this stuff so then there were protests around that and then people got killed at those protests right. um, and that's what And then happened. people just started protesting him and getting him out and then basically since then it's been six weeks of protests against him he's done things like cut off access to the gasoline because he owns a lot of the companies cut off food supplies um and none of these things have been permanent but um deny any human rights violations meanwhile over 300 people have been murdered um and it's a lot more complicated than i'm saying um but that's just a backstory. So this, also is, this don't is a claim... thing
0: that people should be learning about. Right. And it's been ongoing for months now. Yeah. You, you know. And a
1: lot of it is also rooted in U.S. intervention. So a historic U.S. intervention over the past 150, 200 years. Um, and I also don't claim to be like an expert on any of this. Just want to say that. In terms of talking what? about disclosure, you don't yeah, um, <laughs> Your
0: disclosure game yeah. is, uh, is on point. So,
1: all that backstory is to say we found <laughs> ourselves in a town called Pro Lagoon, which is a, a, a community. It's a Creole community in the Caribbean coast, um, the Southern Caribbean coast autonomous region. Uh, it's a, a real surreal place. Gotta just say that. Um, yeah. I, I have a lot more I can say about that about the guy who's the president who's my Facebook friend Warner who's what's, what's one
0: fact about Warner
1: uh, so he's the president of Prologue. he's Lagoon. the president he also cooked us all of our meals he also is a black belt in martial arts and I, he sent me some wild Facebook messages <laughs> <laughs> to get into all that not gonna get so you're, you're that. hanging out with warner so he's he's cooking us he cooked us food one night this guy comes by this man he's probably in his 60s very 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 skinny man um and uh this community is all afro descendant just background this so this man has like very very greasy curls like like high key jerry curl um this man comes in and he's like everyone's like hey it's Stevie Wonder I'm like what do you <laughs> like, mean by that Pretty sure that's not Stevie Wonder He's like yeah my name's Peter chan <laughs> 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 but everybody calls me Stevie Wonder Speaking of the Cayman Islands this man is from Grand Cayman mm-hmm. he's like, much like Cayman Damon Shut up Damon and, uh, <laughs> and uh he he comes in he's like yeah you know he, the first thing he says he's like anybody gives you a hard time I'll beat them up I I I'm police and we're like what do you mean He's like, I drive the truck for the police. This man is blind. (laughs) (laughs) Hence the nickname Stevie Wonder. Wonder. That's why they call him Stevie Wonder is because he's blind. The way he went blind is by doing a fire dance, which no one described what that was. I assumed it would be some sort of fire twirling. He's like, I'll come back. I'll give you a little show. We're like, okay, Stevie. He's like, I'm serious. Anyone lays a hand on you. Like they're done. I'm like, okay, no one's laying a hand on us, but thank you. Um, so he he walks off and he he swaggers off like hilarious, right? He come, he comes back like two nights later. We keep bumping into him. He comes back like two nights later. You keep bumping into him? Basically, <laughs> um, he, he comes back like two two nights later with uh, a two by four nailed, covered in um rags that have been soaked in gasoline, mm-hmm. nailed into two liter bottles, um. And we're eating this dinner. And he's like, all right, um, I'm going to do a show for y'all when you're done. So we're like, okay. We've been drinking for like four days gifiti, which is basically like the homemade liquor there. Um, this man does not eat anything because he's like, my body is sacred. I don't want to put any food in it. And then right before he performs for us, he, he drinks like a whole bottle of gifiti. So he's <laughs> fucked up. And um, he then he, do, he then insists we all take a picture with him where he he sits in a chair and puts his leg behind his head <laughs> <laughs> and then i mean w- you need to like post this with visual aids or something I have yeah the whole we'll thing put it documented. if it's cool with
0: you we could put it on the ergo radio we'll see
1: i don't know i gotta consult cv on that I have his number i'll call him <laughs> um but he he makes everyone go inside and i'm like this is a fire dance like what do you mean so he makes everybody go inside he puts on a song. He has a radio with a flash drive in it. It's a song called "Sexy Boy." He <laughs> puts the song on. Right. Everybody's inside. He, he's like, "I need someone to rip off my shirt," and it's just silence. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me. I'm like, "Yeah, y'all." Do you know think
0: me. you had the reputation as the person who would? Rip I off had said Peter earlier because he
1: said he needed someone earlier. <laughs> he gave you one. So I was like, everyone was then. I was like, "Yo, like if no one else wants to do it, like I'll rip off stevie's shirt." <laughs> <laughs> i'm always It'll happy take one for show. the team yeah always so i take <laughs> off one shirt right? i take off one shirt and i take off his shoes which are like fake gator loafers <laughs> and then he's wet he's just wet his body's covered in water and then underneath his shirt he has another uh shirt that's like a white shirt that has a bunch of holes in it and he's like okay now i need a girl to come rip off this shirt and i'm like stevie guy like what are you doing here so this girl vanessa goes up rips off his shirt and then ha- puts his he makes her put his hair up in a ponytail he then takes off his pants so this is a 60 year old <laughs> man in just boxer briefs and his hair he's just wet right sexy boys playing in the background lights these rags on fire keep in
0: mind this two by four with rags is the height of a two liter soda bottle oh, yeah. off the ground yeah, like yeah, yeah, not yeah. very tall like maybe no. a foot off the ground
1: Not, a, yeah maybe this man lies on his back as sexy boy is playing this this two by four is now on fire he's crawling back and forth underneath it on his back with his i understand how he lost his sight doing this because he's looking directly at the fire <laughs> while he's underneath it slides back and forth four times <laughs> underneath this fire it just felt like we were in some like some piece of the deep web that i never <laughs> wanted to be in like some yeah, like i never be, thought i have enough bitcoins for this you need
0: like, like some vpn type exactly, thing to see this. exactly exactly
1: yeah. um so what's the
0: what how does he end a fire show a fire dance like that? well another song
1: came on he was like play sexy boy again (laughs) and then he's like no actually i like this song um and then basically what happened was all the rags burned down so the 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 two by four started burning and we're like stevie like this is gonna burn through and fall on you but he did it four times and then he like stood up and everyone cheered and we had just been i i couldn't i have sometimes i have a filter most of the time i don't and i lost it and i was crying and just screaming stevie wonder over and over again (laughs) It was like I was like at a Stevie Wonder concert. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, wow. it was wild. That was a whole experience. He was. It was just. He was pretty belligerent. I, I just wanted that to be night. shown on the record. I, I ran into him the next night, and he was like, "He was like, what do you think?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was. It was really something. It was really something. Wow. So it was sad though. Supposedly he used to do it like." with beer bottles and like he used to do a whole thing but he lost his sight anyway that's so like one walk. specific experience this the whole time in Nicaragua was uh, that was that's like some that's some that's not something like the one thing to share <laughs> like five minutes to talk about um but it was definitely <laughs> made a big impression so, on yeah it. um yeah I don't know I'm very fortunate to have had that experience there I feel like it Providing me with a lot of perspective um just also just on how nuanced things are and how like narratives and myths get written of like Hmm. um like this man who's in power now is the person who led the revolution against the dictator and so the the revolution was always really glorified to us and then the second we went to the caribbean coast people were like yeah i mean when that revolution happened people just came in and tried to control us in a way that had never happened before Hmm. and like having a communist revolution meant that we lost all of the corporate enterprise that we had had so the time before that when there was like the samosa like dictatorship before that had actually been some of the most prosperous times ever for that region so it just shows the nuance and also just in terms of conceptualizing race was like a whole other way of thinking about things because i mean the folks on the coast were calling mestizo folks who live in the Pacific side who are moving in there, they they call them Spaniards. And I'm like, damn, if you're calling the people who were colonized by the Spanish Spaniards, I don't know. It just made me think about how like the whole goal of the colonial project is to then make the people who are colonized into colonizers so that you can hmm. continue just reaping the benefits and getting hmm. profit from those, you know, they're still European owned gold mines right. and lumber, lumber factories and shit there. So it's right. like,
0: which though, and that was the move, right? When they decolonized with the whole premise was the industry said, we don't need, we've built enough infrastructure here and enough influence that we don't actually need to control the government. Right. We don't have to be the people in government in order to continue yeah. getting these benefits. So we can, like independence is not a big deal. It actually saves us money. Right. Cause then we don't have to, we can privatize exactly. colonization basically. Exactly. So now that we went down that deep rabbit hole and we're running out of time uh coming back from that experience and you know we kind of we talked a lot about music stuff while you were there but we didn't really and some of your experiences yeah i was
1: for the record i was working in a recording studio called bluefield sound system i was working with a bunch of artists working on two different albums one was like uh traditional music maple music which is the there's a m- maple month they celebrate fertility. Um, it's an m- amazing thing, and then the other was dance hall, pop music, hip hop things that people were working on. Didn't get to finish either of those projects yet because I had to leave early. Continue to mm-hmm.
0: thank you for 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 the. I usually we're the ones who interject. I appreciate a, a co-interjector interjection. Facts. There you go. Um. So coming back and, and being in New York and then being here and and getting ready to go back to Ohio now with this music out in the mm-hmm. world and you know just some of the the perspective shifting that that you've had um yeah even in the abstract it doesn't have to be specific but let's say when you get on stage for this show on the 31st or Mm. you know in the party that we're doing tonight like when you look out at the people and the the feeling in a room like what are the kinds of rooms that you want to be in more than anything else right now
1: Hmm. um I'm not going to answer that about the physical room or the size of it. I'm going to answer that about the space that I can create within it, because Mm -hmm. I think that if there's anything that this project is about, it's about creating a space between me and the listener. And so I think my live shows are going to be about, are about creating that space with the audience. Um, So creating a space of mutual vulnerability and, and listening um, and energetic transfer. Uh, So um that's a big piece of it Mm -hmm. i'm also like not trying to go up there and sing my songs i'm trying to go up there and perform Mm -hmm. so that's a different thing um and really be in that moment interacting with each person who's in the in that space with me feeding off the energy there um yeah i've been thinking a lot more about performance
0: yeah i mean when we were at pitchfork on Sunday you were literally taking notes I uh, i had a whole
1: note section in my phone is
0: there any like let's say one thing you learned from for those of you who weren't at Pittsburgh on Sunday, it was Raven, Lane, Smino, no name, Shaka Khan and, uh, Lauren Hill. Hill back to back to back to back to back. Let's say like maybe one thing that you learned from, I don't know, three of the people mm. or a couple of things you learned that stick out.
1: Yeah. Um, mean it mm-hmm. every single word of it. Um,
0: there's a great quote. Someone asked Bono how he like when he loses his voice or when he was sick and he's performing, how does he like still hit the notes? And he said, mm-hmm. I mean it. Right. Because if he doesn't mean it, then he physically can't sing the note.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: I know your whole goal is to sound like Bono. <laughs> that's what you're going for.
1: Yeah. I'm just trying to, I mean, I'm just trying to have, I'm just trying to imitate you too. That's really the mm-hmm. whole goal. Um, Yeah. I think that's, that's a big piece of it is meaning it. Um, also just like not being afraid to put my whole self into something, which I think is a big piece of meaning and to take my time and really be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also just band leading, I mean, back to the control thing. I don't think I got to finish that thought yeah. is like, I was so afraid of control that I let things get out of control and didn't see the power that I have as mm-hmm. someone who knows how to control things and how to conduct energy um so making sure everyone knows where they're at and then we can just move together and not having to run around and do a million things all at the same time like um yeah a friend of mine just just kind of read through a whole bunch of performance notes for me that's like a laminate that she got from livingston taylor who's an incredible performer and a professor of this stuff a laminate a laminate it wow. was a two-part laminate Damn. um and it said like never be there's one other word but it was like never be sick or busy, it was never be sick, tired, or busy on stage. <laughs> Even if you're those things in life, when you're on stage, that's not where you're at because mm-hmm. that's not a performance. Like you're there, um, and you need the audience more than they need you. So, like, <laughs> be there with them. Um, I think that's a big piece it's of it. Really good advice. It's really, 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 all these it was crazy wisdom. Um, and trying to balance that, and also not trying to just like I, I also just want to be my most genuine and true self. Um, yeah. So, I think I want to create that space and create that space where people feel vulnerable and feel inspired. Um, Why do you like
0: vulnerability? Because <laughs> I I like vulnerability. Yeah. You like vulnerability. We're both vulnerable people. And that I've heard you say like mm-hmm. in other interviews that I've been you know you've been doing this week and other, like that is part of the goal. Why is that something to strive for for you?
1: Yeah, I'm done with the fake shit. I'm done with the the like what we put on uh on the surface level. Hmm. but also those that's also a privilege to um not depend on those things because when you're not afraid for your life then you don't have to make things that make it easier for you to navigate the world Hmm. so um maybe that's a privilege but that's also not a bad thing i think uh yeah i don't know i just like to reach that level with people i also don't have a choice like every interaction i have that feels meaningful to me ends up in a place where we there's mutual vulnerability Hmm. um and I think there's levels of vulnerability too. Yeah. But I mean, that's listen, man. That's all I have <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to be real. Like, with what you. else am I gonna say? Like, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna go up. I'm I I can't be an artist who goes up there and flexes. That's not which sucks because it's much easier to go up there and be like, yeah, I bought this car that I don't have. I don't know how to drive. I bought I bought this watch that I don't have. I just use my phone. Like, I'm not gonna just you know try to jack that I'm anything other than what I am. So I'm just gonna be raw and vulnerable about who I am and uh that's that's all i got yeah um and then musically too but still you know there's this i just this interview was published with hooligan today it's like vulnerability this is something that i was talking with my dad about what right when i got back is like um there's nothing vulnerable pups exactly there's nothing um weak about being vulnerable and being weak doesn't help anybody ever (laughs) um strength and vulnerability more than anything are synonyms Hmm. Um, and like there it is never a good thing to be weak and sometimes you don't have a choice sometimes you're feeling weak and that's okay too you got to honor that but it doesn't help the world doesn't help the world to make yourself weak or to enable your weakness Um, and I I don't say strength as in force I say strength as in just like spirit
0: or force that isn't violent, for it. like you right. can be forceful in a way that isn't negative, too. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's something David and I talk about a lot is you know, in all of our talk about mas- masculinity, is like coming with a definition of force that is not violent, like right. being forceful, being like rooted, being in yourself can be a good thing, right? Um, and I mean, and, and there's other versions of strength. too.
1: And there's other versions of being a person. I mean, that's part of the reason why yeah. I've shot away from masculinity. I mean, shot away from identifying as a man is also just trying to redefine what it means to be a human being outside of those things, um, which is a complicated thing. But you know, it's part of why I do identify as non-binary. Is like you, you need to be able to define these things for yourself and in your life in a way that feels good. So like that's something that provides me with freedom. And mm. I really, that's what I want is I, I want to feel free and right. I want everybody to be, to create a space where everybody feels free and mm. not in a way where like, I'm trying to cater to people. Like, are you feeling free? Are yeah, you yeah. Cause that's not right. real, but like just a space where like people can breathe, people can feel, um, even when they're uncomfortable, feel free. Um, yeah. Where have you felt free recently? um, I don't know. I jumped in the lake yesterday. <laughs> that was, that felt pretty free. Shout
0: out to the dog
1: beach. True. Nasty ass water, yeah. but I really did free, that. Free,
0: free coli right there. Free coli. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I
1: think that's, that's one spot on rooftops. I feel free. Mm. Um, And practicing the other day, I felt pretty free. Right. Be,
0: yeah. Before we get out of here, I have to ask the question that I know Damon would ask mm. Um, because it's the question that I asked when he had his sibling on. Mm. Um just are there any particular stories that you feel the world needs to know about me?
1: Daniel sat on my head. I knew you were gonna say this so multiple times. Hmm okay that's just one elaborate no i can't like daniel was like daniel was frustrated with me because i would annoy the (laughs) shit out of him because it was fun
0: (laughs) and i'm glad you're taking responsibility for your piece too
1: yeah and he sat on my head multiple times (laughs) and as a result i put my head in the freezer which doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense to me now but it made perfect sense then but that's one um yeah daniel taught me what sex was i did in the back seat of our car i was five years old i don't remember this at all i do you you were like yo check this out i think you had just learned you were like 10 and a half 11 and you were like this is wild no someone told, told me told about it before there was
0: a, you were so you were the I was you the were plug. the plug oh yeah. man yeah. and you continued to be the plug just like music <laughs> like hey i got some cool shit for you all to check out that's what i i mean yeah <laughs> the way that so someone explained it to me and then i told the kid this was in like i think kindergarten or first grade so it's probably around the same age that you were when I told you, and yeah. the, I can't remember the name of the boy who I told, but I explained, it. and he looked at me like very quizzically, and then he was just like, "So they trade underwear." He's <laughs> <laughs> like I think you missed something completely, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah. it's like just there was a breakdown in our communication. Transfer
1: somewhere. of underwear. Yeah, That's yeah. It is.
0: So before we get out of here, we have the two most important parts. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can never do this as well as Damon does, but. We we know up here who we need to hold accountable more than anybody else. And it's a sect of the world that has run amok. <laughs> and, and, and you know, there's she just really nobody checking head. them. And and that group is R and B singers. Mm-hmm. You know, this this week we had the uh the 19 minute R. Kelly song, I admit, which yeah, have I have this. not listened to. I do think we are moving like I am watching this change in real time over the course of the three years we've been doing ergo is that in those three years, and I'm only taking partial responsibility and credit for this, there has been... An admission. People in Chicago, some people will now boo when you play R. Kelly, and that did not happen three mm-hmm. years ago. So we are moving in the right direction. Places right. will not play his music.
1: right? Uh, and we have had con- conversations about if people deserve to be canceled. That's not what this is about. It's about accountability, not cancellation. So
0: yes. with that context, with your deep understanding of mm-hmm. the segment... Beef with an R and B singer and why?
1: Okay, obviously there's the classics. Obviously, R Kelly goes without saying. Chris Brown goes without any saying. I, I boo when people play Chris Brown and people are like, "But he has bops," and I'm like, "That doesn't." I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead Genghis and say Drake. Had
0: bops too. He yeah. it. Sorry,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say Drake. Okay, Ela- care to elaborate? I just am fucking annoyed with hearing the same three songs, the same the same song in three different versions on the radio. It's purely out of envy, to be honest with you. <laughs> wow, that's a big admission you I, I made... listen, Daniel. I admit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, lastly,
0: before we get out of here, I know we're running a little long. Um, you don't have to if you don't want to. Mm. If you wanted to share anything acapella. Just a little show. Show people the voice. Also, remember Thursday night. That's tonight. There's a backyard release party for the needs EP 2049 North Kenzie. We're going to have all kinds of mm-hmm. food and Bev squeak from pivot is DJing. It's going to be a Shout great time. So would you care to take us out? You can also follow uh, Aaron at little bear sounds like on everything. Mm-hmm. Littlebear dot com stream the project everywhere.
1: Yeah, I'll do um, the verse from home which is kind of the second last piece of this album. So cool. my brain becomes the boss of me tainted by pornography. There's too many people at, there's too many people at this party. I go quiet when my friends walk in. I don't know why I pretend to be like them. In a dark place where we all grown when the lights come on. I scared myself to death by singing along to Michael Jackson's songs and rattling bog and rattling all the cages in my memory my age will stay my me. my brain becomes a better me so able-willed so readily I swept up all the cigarettes I dreamt of all the clitoris as I've seen on the internet my ego can't get bigger yet my window can be open more my ceiling fans not spinning yet the heat's not in the weather report I dream of you and how you turn bodegas into corner stores I scream at you but all you hear is reasoning for better war I try to tell you what I mean how I'm afraid that you are me that if I stay grow to be something unfamiliar with garbage on the radio where barrios get ritzier de blasio makes shittier changes to his city where the lit keep getting litier i don't know if i'll still be here in 20 years but i think it'll still be home thanks for having me
0: thank you for being here we'll be back next week with another conversation showcasing and celebrating folks reshaping our culture all our love. love to the people oh that's where damon's supposed to say peace but he's in here all right
1: peace
2: On my knees In front of All my needs And everything That used To bother me I'll probably Go back out in the streets With my property And my whack apologies Look at me i Just the thing you thought
0: So you're listening to Ergo, right? But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.